I too would like to welcome all of you here to this five-week retreat at the five-week mountain hermitage retreat at the Columbine Inn here in Ski Valley. Marcy has spoken about supports for the cultivation of unfettered mindfulness. And in this connection, she has mentioned at the end the silence. Now, there are other uh, supports that are of uh, equal importance. Namely, as many of you know, well know from past uh, retreats, traditionally a retreat uh, begins with uh, the going for refuge. Disarana in the Pali uh, scriptural language. And this uh, then is followed by uh, the taking of the uh, uh, the precepts. Now, this being you know, the tradition, it is uh, worth uh, taking a moment and certainly uh, exploring why one would certainly uh, go for refuge. Now. If we're well established in life, we enjoy good health, and uh, we also enjoy uh, much uh, strength, success. On top of that, uh, we are um, wealthy and truly have uh, nothing to worry about. Living in such conditions, we might think that, or be misled to think that life is just smooth sailing. No dangers around the corners, nothing. Perfectly peaceful. And in a case like this, is there any reason to go for refuge? Probably not much. When we look at our human condition a bit more deeply, then we will realize that human life is not all that stable as it might appear. And even if we are currently healthy, for how much longer? Or even if we happen to be of um, 
much, or already have much physical strength, when young, 50 years on, the strength will be gone. And if we have a good, well-paying job, even this may appear at first quite stable, however, um, it could happen any time that one loses one's job, and then what? And even if we're the most successful person on earth, we will sooner or later have to face what? What's that? Death, that's it. And there's just no way around it. Now, apart uh, from you know, those certain uh, from things like growing older, poor health, the eventual, uh, the eventual passing away, apart from those, there are natural calamities. There might be, you know, we might be exposed to a flood, who knows these days, or we might encounter a major blizzard, or we might end up in a, in a traffic accident, etc. So this, these are further situations, conditions, that as human beings we will have to um, face at times. And these are conditions that uh, are typically perceived as dangers. Now beyond the material level of you know, things, and especially true you know, during an intensive you know, retreat, there are all sorts of other dangers coming up. Dangers in you know, the form of you know, fear arising and getting stronger and stronger, or in the form of unnecessarily worrying, or in the form of great uh, uh, mental and certain physical agitation, or even in the form of remorse, or in getting terribly upset about certain something uh, rather neg negligible, etc. And these two are clearly not present, pleasant conditions, but rather unpleasant. And people typically say that these kind of conditions are suffering. Now, these are inner dangers that occur the impurities of the mind. Now, going for 
in the face of, in the presence of dangers, human beings over century, over millennia, have um, gone forth to certain refuges such as mountains and forests to parks and gardens and sacred trees, some holy shrines, etc. But are those true refuges? This question arises. By going for refuge to a sacred mountain, does this truly appease our inner impurities and these inner dangers? Going to a mountain or to a forest for refuge, does this really help to address the suffering? These are refuges that may appear to be refuges, but whether they will lead us or lead us to be liberated from suffering is another thing. In the face of our own impurities, to have Fatna someone to look up to, to have someone of great purity, of great wisdom, of great balance of mind, of mental strength, etc., is probably a greater refuge. And in the face of external or internal dangers, to have a teaching to take refuge in, to fall back on, and to place one's certain faith in, this appears to be a far better refuge. And you have access to a community of those who develop wholesome qualities and live wholesome qualities and who live in a way that is noble. Associating with such member or members of such a community is more of a refuge than going for a refuge to a mountain, a forest, a park, etc. When one takes refuge in the Buddha, in the Dhamma, the Sangha, one sees with noble insight the four noble truths, namely the truth of suffering, the truth of the origin or cause of the suffering, 
the truth of the cessation of suffering, as well as certainly the truth of the path, the noble eightfold path that leads to the cessation of suffering. And among all refuges that one could certainly think of going for refuge to the Buddha, the Dhamma and certainly the Sangha is can truly be considered as the best and safest refuge. And in so doing one will be liberated from all dukkha. Now, what exactly do we mean by the Buddha? What exactly do we mean by the Dhamma? What exactly do we mean by the Sangha as objects of our who by himself has discovered, realized, and proclaimed to the world liberation teachings. The Dhamma, in short, can be described as liber teachings of liberation, and the Sangha is the community of disciples who have realized or who are striving to realize the liberation teaching. We can see the Buddha Dhamma and Satna Sangha as three sources of inspiration and guidance. The Buddha being revered as the rediscoverer and teacher of liberating truths, and furthermore as the embodiment of liberating qualities to be developed by others. The Dhamma, the teachings of the Buddha, the path to the Buddhist goal and the various levels of realization of this goal, this uh, we refer to as Dhamma. And the term Sangha refers to the community of noble ones, advanced practitioners who have experienced something of this goal being symbolized on a more day-to-day -day level by uh, members of uh, the monastic order and beyond that um, those, those uh, uh, community of practitioners who've gone uh, very far in their practice.
various virtues have been attributed to the Buddha, namely being accomplished, fully enlightened, perfect in true knowledge and conduct, sublime, and knower of the world's incomparable leader of persons to be tamed, teacher of gods and humans, the enlightened one, blessed. When we do our own practice, and our meditation evolves over time, intuitive wisdom unfolds, then we start discovering certain things. We um, understand the true nature of formations, and with this we then rediscover what the Buddha had spoken of uh, to start with. And with that, then, it becomes uh, easier to understand uh, some of the attributes that uh, are being mentioned, traditionally mentioned, in regard to the Buddha. Now, to explain a bit further, With regard to you know, the term Dhamma, the Pali term you know, Dhamma can be traced back to the root Dhar, based on which uh, the verb Dhariti has been formed or can be formed. And Dhariti is, or the Dhamma, um, is that which uplifts, upholds, guards, protects, supports that which forms a foundation and upholds. Manifestations of this Dhamma or teachings are aspects such, such as virtuous conduct, such as concentration, wisdom, the four establishments of mindfulness, the five hindrances, cause and effect, the five controlling faculties, the seven enlightenment factors, the four noble truths, the peace of Nibbana. When we practice for ourselves and at times with a pure attention, we manage to 
deeply observe a predominant object, and we come to you know its certain true nature. And then, um, with this, uh, we may be uh, able to relate this to what the Buddha originally taught. For instance, in terms of uh, making the distinction between unwholesomeness and wholesomeness, one might realize that the Buddha has spoken about this at great length, and that this is indeed an important uh, distinction. And one might further uh, come to realize engaging in unwholesome conduct leads to unwholesome results, and engaging in wholesome conduct leads to wholesome results. And when noticing these kind of connections, then it comes as a confirmation of what the Buddha has said uh, already over 2,500 years ago. And with this, it becomes much easier, with these kind of experiences, it becomes much easier to um, see you know, the Dhamma as one's own uh, refuge, truly um, a reliable uh, uh, ref refuge. In terms of the Sangha, various virtues are being mentioned, namely that members of the Sangha have entered on the good way or are practicing the good way, practicing the straight way. And it is among or within this certain community that then noble persons can be found. And that the association with certain such noble uh, ones is naturally uh, uplifting and hence uh, their. Uh, is a reason to uh, take the uh, Sangha also, or to take refuge, to go for refuge in uh, the Sangha. Now, when we take refuge in the Buddha, in the Dhamma, in the Sangha. And we do this with much purity of mind and purity of motivation, without any crookedness, with much sincerity, etc. And then this going for refuge will be 
meaningful and may be of much support when at times in a retreat we come across some um, inner dangers or inner uh, impurities outside of the retreat when we encounter external dangers like fire, fire or uh, a big storm or you know, some, the loss of a dear person, then um, the Buddha, the Dhamma and Satna, the Sangha will uh, prove extremely valuable. There are many instances at the time of Fatna the Buddha when the Buddha engaged with this or that individual, with this or that a group of Fatna people in, in terms of Dhamma and explaining various aspects of Fatna the Dhamma. And typically these explanations were amazingly convincing, resulting in the listener or you know, the audience then uh, becoming a lay follower of the Buddha by taking refuge with the words, I go you know, for refuge to, the, uh, to Gautama in Pali, given as Bhavantanam Gautamam Saranam Gachami. Now, the text certainly tell us, and certainly rightly so, that the going for refuge has two main divisions. It may be mundane or supermundane. Mundane refuge is of four kinds, namely that one surrender one's self and place one's faith in the Buddha, in the Dhamma and the Sangha and not in one's um, so important, seemingly so important self. That one further except the, the Buddha as well as the Dhamma as well as the Sangha as one's guiding ideals that one is willing to accept discipleship to place oneself under uh, these three uh, refuges and sub finally comes and at the end is the homage by prostration and uttering those words Buddham Nasaranam Gachami Dhammam Saranam Gachami Sangam Nasaranam Gachami and then for a second time and for a third time I take refuge in the Buddha, I take refuge in the Dhamma, and I take refuge in the Sangha. With this, having explained this much about the refuges, 
the way is paved for further explanations on the precepts. And this venerable senator, Rimelenian, will now do. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.